to you direct from Briz Vegas, Australia. We are four music fans who have agreed to disagree on just about everything in popular music. I'm Lord Ben, Lord of the Lords, your humble host, and a real-life meatloaf fan. I'm joined by my three bats out of hell, Lord Brett, your own Kenny G, and your long-haired lover from Coochie Mudlow, Lord Al, the Enigma. He loves the obscure, but won't deny the heavy metal youth in his closet, and Lord Kev, still keeping up that fake Irish accent, if only to deride anything that ever sold more than five copies. Lords of Loud. And welcome back to the Lords of Loud. Thanks very much for joining us on episode 93. Wow, 93. Alan, quick. It's um, 93. Oh, well, look, you know, uh, nine and three, they're related because... One's a factor and one's a multiple. Uh, very good, very good. Pull that one out quickly. 16 yeah. by 4. What? What? Mine's not 16 three. by 4. Oh, yeah, well, you know. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's close enough. It's in the vicinity. <laughs> thought there was a chance I may have. <laughs> Just got lucky got on lucky something. Lucky <laughs> 3 by 31, maybe. All right. Well, we've got a very exciting show. Just due to popular demand, we're revisiting our Aussie genre busters. What do we call it? The uh, hang on, wait for the wait for the voice. The good official. on you, genre. Yes, good on you, genre. <laughs> good on you, genre. Can I? <laughs> so, we're highlighting a few other Aussie bands that defined a genre or uh, were pioneers in their particular genre in Australia and and potentially worldwide as well. Um, but of course, before we do that, we have to go our album of the week. And Lord Brett, you've got Album of the Week this week. I have. And it's not any band based in the blues. Uh, so up your bum. Hey, uh, I, I think I've missed the boat. Did anyone he- Has anyone here talked in, uh, in this context talked about Sparks? No. I don't no. think we've talked about no? Sparks before. Okay. Sparks as in? As in the, not, as in the, the 70s dude, <laughs> but they're still around and they're still doing some awesome stuff. So, uh, uh, when when I was doing some research for another podcast episode of this one, um, uh, let's get to it, man. <laughs> these bands cite the Sparks as influence, right? Influencing them: the Sex Pistols, Joy Division, the Smiths, Joey Ramone, Devo, Björk, all say that the Sparks, at some point in their creative life. And I thought, bloody hell. So you start digging into the Sparks, and um, and I have a connection, uh, you know, they had a, a top 20 song in 1980 in Australia uh, uh, with a song called When I'm With You. Um, but I uh, we're going to play this song uh, that, that they originally wrote in 74, and then in 97 they put out an album called Plagiarism where they did covers of their own songs, right? Mm-hmm. Um so I'm going to play this song, uh, uh, which, call, which is called This Town Ain't Big Enough for Both of Us. Uh, and then when they did the play, and I'll play the plagiarism version, um, uh, uh, which includes uh, Faith No More as guests, mm-hmm. right? So let's have a listen, because I'm trying to understand how you would define this in 1974. What sort of rock would you call this music? Let's have a listen. Zoo time, is she a new time? The mamas are your favourite time When you enter tonight Hop it, increase and hop it You'll be the thunder of stop eating Rhinos, elephants and tacky tigers This town ain't big enough for the both of us 
Then it ain't me that's gonna leave Flying, domestic flying And when this do what this is here to So, gents. Wow. How would I classify it? It's, well, it's prog. <laughs> Apart from shit, you mean? Yeah. But, it, but it's prog. Oh, but I'm also... No, that's actually... Yeah, it's good. But I'm also hearing... Well, I think like, Queen, Queen were obviously listening to them back then, yeah. <laughs> for starters. But uh, Split Ends. I hear a bit of Split yeah, Ends, sure. you know, yeah. especially the way... Yeah. Well, it's got an art rock. Yeah. Or art pop sort of vibe. But well, with, We talked about that before with um, uh, Amanda Palmer. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. That yeah. sort theatrical, of theatrical, yeah, theatrical kind of, sort of thing, yeah. Insanity-inducing thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a, sorry, when was that actually recorded? Well, that version was 97, but it's but right. the version, if you go back to the 74 version, it's it's somewhat closer. Uh, uh, sorry, it's somewhat close. Uh, I guess the 97 version with Faith No More is a little bit more rockier. Um, I think if they're putting that out in 74, that's pretty out there for the time. Oh, like that's pretty... And, and, and when yeah. you go to all those people, like the Sex Pistols and Joey Ramone and that, they're all listening to this really weird sort of stuff and going, wow. Yep. Um, what's Wait, you can see it on Blitzkrieg, oh. um, Bop, you know, straight yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I mean, you look I think at... they were a bit of a cult band for musicians. That's the way I understand it, is like everyone who's, you know, going on tour buses and all that kind of stuff, they all got in a sparks because they just were very prolific, number one, mm. and very strange and did very interesting musical things. So it was kind of like a, an underground thing that, yeah, a lot of musicians liked and yeah, shared yeah. and talked about, but never brought through itself. Um, you know who? They always remind me visually of uh, Yellow because there's a yes. big dude and a wee dude yeah. and there's a moustache, <laughs> and then later on Electric oh, Six. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, remember Electric Six with yeah. like, oh, yeah. I want to take you to a play park mm. or whatever it was. Like, like that's um, you know just. Like almost like a pastiche band, you know, just like what are you looking at here? Yeah. You know? Uh so yeah, but, but when you there when is you, there is a great documentary documentary yes, about them, you can right. check that yeah, out yeah. with all of these people talking about yeah. it. But I never kind of heard of them myself, to be honest. Apart no, well, I've never I've, that I, little I'm happy to say I've never heard of them. Yeah, I'll go well, and well check you might you might out. know the again, you might know the Aussie hit in from nineteen eighty, uh, went on with you because that one uh, uh rang a bell. Mm. But their career is is uh, so long, and they so in in uh, the early eighties there with uh, Giorgio Moroder, right, mm. recording stuff, and then in two thousand and fifteen, I think they do an album with Franz Ferdinand, right, and um, and but they call the new band FFS, which we know which means for fuck's sake, but it's actually Franz Ferdinand Sparks, um, and it's just a, it's just uh, uh, these guys are still going, it's just unreal, yeah, wow. and, and and to think. When you go back, and, and when you, you say these guys are just a couple, it's just two couple, blokes, two people, yeah, okay. yeah, right. and and they're brothers. And when you, again, when you keep reading these people, who I was researching for this punk episode, going, we were listening to these guys. These guys were awesome. Mm. You sort of go, wow. Again, is it the Velvet Underground thing where they're such an influencer band, mm. may not have had a mm. lot of success over the years, yep. but everyone loves them, you know. And Influential, so, yeah. And as you said, Kev, they're like the musicians, musicians. <laughs> That's the only way I can understand it because you know you don't hear that and go, oh yeah, I can see where, you know, Johnny uh, Lydon got his, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> got mm. his sound from. You know, it's not <laughs> that, uh, but there is some kind of appeal going on, yeah, which I don't get. 
<laughs> yeah, it's different, and but it's interesting. And yeah, definitely, like you say, a lot of split ends. Um, yeah, yeah. Sounds that there. Art, as you said, that art rock, thing, art yeah. pop rock. Yeah, uh, it could be good. one of those bands that like bands like to cite more than they like to listen to. Yeah, <laughs> something like that could be a hoax. <laughs> yeah, you know, like they only exist just to sort of laugh at people like us that go off and find them. And go, ooh, they're really good. Is that is that like how Kev mentioned the four? But he doesn't actually listen to them. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I think it's worse than that. <laughs> That's it. All right. Well, do yourself a favor. Go out and check out uh, some Sparks albums. Sparks, uh, and, and, and in particular, this album is called uh, uh, that one is called Plagiarism. Uh, or and the earlier uh, one. Sorry, I didn't write it down. Uh, but there's a documentary coming out called The Sparks. Okay, cool. And, and, it, and it's oh, sorry, it's out now. I think it was released at the beginning of the year. Uh, and apparently, yeah, it's foot chock full of people going. These guys are awesome. That's it. Nice one. The, yeah. What's it about? <laughs> Sparks, mate. Oh. Yeah. Lighting fires and stuff. You know? <laughs> Stay with us, Al. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to Anya genre. And uh, Kev, do you want to kick us off with uh, the band that you'd yeah. like to highlight as? Being from a particular genre, or pioneering a genre, or why not? defining why not? a genre, he's um, desperately trying to think of what he, who he oh, picked. Who did you pick? <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I do remember. I went with Paul Kelly, and um, there's a few reasons why I did. Number one, um, genre-wise, um, he's right in the pocket of the singer-songwriter. You know, the solo artist, the man with the plan, um, someone who can tell a tale. And um, the, other, the other thing, sort of anecdotally, um, is that. I'd never heard of him at all before I came to Australia. Um, he, he hasn't kind of, as far as I'm aware, you know, made a huge impact overseas. Though, you know, I've heard of you know, other musicians again, sort of extolling him. Um, I remember meeting a guy in a pub once. They were talking music, and he started talking to Paul Kelly, and I was like, "No, I never heard." It. And he was just astounded, <laughs> you know. Asked, he was like, "What? You, you've never heard?" Yeah. And, and started mm. rattling off, yeah. you know, some of the songs. And for Australians, he's Basically, an institution, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think he did that thing where it was, you know, where most bands sing in an American yeah, accent because yes. they want to have that outside fame, you know, mm -hmm. or that, you know, they want to mm. project into internationally, sort of thing. Yeah. Whereas he just kept with that, the full on, the Antipodean, the, you know, the Australian, um, uh, you know, vocal and yeah. didn't, didn't ever sway from that, was very much just wanted to be the, the local storyteller, the, and, and he name checks Australian places. Yeah, and, oh, and, very and, local. And, yeah, yeah that's very. Right. And so you get Unex that unexperiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know. exactly. So, so you yeah. don't. He doesn't have that cultural cringe. The registers are going. No, no, you no. don't mention you're from here. Yeah. He's going. No, no, no. We're going to talk about exactly. flying into Sydney. We're going exactly. to talk about. Yeah. You know, um, the first song we want to play might be um, um, good on that. It's um, deeper water, and um, very Australian experience. You know, and you know, one you don't really get until you go to the beach here. And it's not like, you know, an endurance experience. <laughs> it's enjoyable. And the whole community <laughs> is there and you see people of different ages. And this is a guy, and I think it's a great example of a guy who can just see a situation like that and see a deeper song involved in it. But also he never overplays his hand. I just love how he's able to just play some chords and um, mm. and, and drop the song on yeah. you and, and walk away and you go, well, he said something there, you know, mm. and... Um, it's not everyone can do that, so uh, yeah, I'll love a bit of uh, deeper water first off. On a crowded beach in a distant time, at the height of summer, 
See a boy of five at the water's edge So nimble and free Jumping over the ripples Looking way out to sea Now a man comes up From amongst the throng Takes a young boy's hand And his hand is strong And the child feels safe And the child feels brave I just carried in those arms Up and over the waves Deeper water Deeper water Deeper water It's calling in my Of course, it goes on from there and tells the mm. stories that people experience as they go into their lives and um, and brings it full circle and there you have a life or, or an experience just explained and a very Australian one and wow, you know, um, it took me a while to get to see him live um, as and, and then bit by bit is kind of absolutely won me over. Mm. I mean, mm. I think if there's people in, in England that would probably say Billy Bragg does a similar mm. thing, yes. you know, or, sure. you know yeah, yeah. Woody Guthrie. Well, that's, that I was about to say, of, he's almost created modern folk songs for the yeah, Australian ethos, yeah. you know, like yeah. that's what he's been able to do in the same way that Bragg sort of does that. Yeah. Um, and there's not many, so yeah, I mean, your premise is that he, he defined the genre of Australian singer-songwriters, sort of perfected it almost, like that's, like sort of, that, yeah, 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 well, I think so. I mean, he's at the, he's, He's something. We got icon. Richard. Richard Clapton is probably one that's sort of in that wheelhouse, but he's yeah. he was mm. he, he certainly tried to do more. I, mean, I think know, maybe you've got a trifecta. You get someone like Barnsley in the rock and roll world, mm. you know, and he's certainly his own um, his own genre, if you like. Mm. Um, again, there's an Australiana there, um, but um, yeah, I just I, I think that he's never, as I say, wanted to overplay what his strengths are. Mm -hmm. And um, no, no. he's found that sort of, you know, beautiful storytelling vibe that mm. comes from you know observing things and, um, yeah, that one, that one for me was really uh, just just about um, some some of hemming it in as well. Yeah, you yeah. know, it doesn't become a, a massive thing um, like so many of his songs. You know, and it's not trying to be overly poetic. No, no, and, and that's simple. And that's what I I I love about his songs. There's always a hook, and it's a good hook. You know, it's a well. So he's a, he's a well-crafted songwriter, mm. um, but as you said, you're not. At no point do you feel it's over slick, and it's too polished. You know, really, that's especially in that song, for an entire two verses or whatever. It's just him plucking mm. away at the guitar, mm. and the guitar is a nice sort of rawish sort of you know country sort of thing, which gives you that nice folk yeah. overtones. It's almost like it's barely tuned. Yeah, almost, yeah, that yeah. It's got that yeah nice yeah. edge to it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. and. and but there's a great little hook in there, and then when the band kicks in, you just go, you know, it sort of really brings you in. And I love, I love a musician who uh, can, as they get into their older years, they've established themselves and they know their craft well. That it seems natural. So if if you were to go to a Paul Kelly concert, you know, you don't expect him to be jumping around like a young man anymore, yeah. because he's always just it, it's always been about being able to play good music, a good tune. Um, and so you would go there and, you you know, you'd expect the band would be solid, you know, mm. there wouldn't be anyone out there doing crazy stuff. Mm. Why? Because that's not the idea. The idea is here's some simple songs with some lovely hooks and let's just get the audience together and sing together. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He, can, he, can, he can give you a moment. He can give you um, songs like um, To Our Door with a sing-along. He can give you songs that 
um, you know, um, making gravy, mm. you cry mm. like a baby. There's, yep. um, there's a moment later on that, that when he screams, I'm a man, I'm a man, you know, and he's talking about, you know, just the joy of life. And so within that simple framework, there's still the capacity for, you know, you know, real emotion. Um, and I don't, I don't know if we're going to structure this this way, but maybe I'll just um, play a little bit of the second song that I wanted to, just to round it off. Because um, I wanted to get into how good he is at relationships as well. Mm. Um, and he's a, he's a guy that's, that's, that's explored his dark side. Mm. So he's a guy that's um, written songs about you know losing his shirt and and done all the dumb things and all that kind of stuff. This one um, goes right into guilt, and it's um, the thing I did today, or I can't remember the title of it all of them. If I could start today, if again. I could start today again. Yep. But yeah, we'll have a bit of that, and you'll get an idea of how good he is on yeah, more the emotional, personal side. All the kings and queens in the Bible They could not turn back time So what chance have I of a miracle In this life of mine I only want one day To unsay the things I say Undo the thing I did Twenty-four little hours Oh God, please wipe them all away And I promise I will change If I could start today again mm. That's yeah. great, great stuff. Is it, is, it, uh, is it the fact that he sings in his native tongue that... Uh, gives it a real feel of authenticity, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. I think it's also yeah. that he's very he's very direct with his lyrics. Like yeah. he he can paint a picture, but it's it's not full of empty uh, empty descriptions or mm. uh, you know this is a this is a good rhyme, so we'll chuck it in. Yeah, mm. it's like well, it's a good rhyme, but it's, it's like every also word has, its, has a meaning. It's, yeah. it's there for a purpose. It's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, it must be. Um, I think he's. He's super talented in being able to uh, to be direct and have it listenable and not come out as a lecture mm. or a boring, yeah. you know, retelling that, you know, it really is painting a picture, but, yeah. Absolutely. Good choice, Kev. Nice choice, Kev. All right, well, I'll jump in here and go the complete opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> oh, <laughs> is, I imagine where this is going to go. This is one of the biggest bands of all time. Um, local boys from here where we record the uh, the podcast and they certainly defined a genre overseas and were one of the pioneers of disco which is their genre <laughs> and uh, so of course it's the Bee Gees and so we'll hear a bit of Staying Alive yeah. um, which you know everyone's I'm sure it's a track be new to a lot of people but here we go <laughs>
So yeah, I mean, massively successful. Had a had a very long career before yeah. disco, but yeah. you know, talk about genre defining. <laughs> you know, you go, what's your favorite disco song? I mean, ninety yeah. percent of people have that in their top couple. You know, yeah, like that's, that's right. uh, and probably not just that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Several, yeah, several yeah, from that. Exactly. Yeah. So. But yeah, they were genre benders. I mean, they started. Oh. They, they they started yeah. off in different forms, yeah. but that's what took them to the world, right? Yeah, and unfortunately, that's what also destroyed. Yeah, that for years and years, that was mm. that's what made them uncool. You know, because it was so successful and because it yeah. was so. Yeah. yeah. You know, people forgot about all the all the folkier stuff they'd done, the rocky, like the sixties, the psychedelic mm. stuff they'd done through the sixties, mm. um, even the power ballads in the eighties often fell off because you know they i mean they're they're a band i mean when we did the way back when we did the sort of beatles versus stuff um they really should have been yeah yeah you know, yeah right up there big uh yeah it's a, it's a shame that people define them by that i mean they define the genre but now people define them yeah yeah <laughs> by mm. that so it's a double-edged sword you know now you think oh the bgs are oh, that disco band yeah know? yeah rather than because the way i i see it as uh, sonically, that was a massive leap that they made then. Yeah, absolutely. And and then it allowed them to take elements of that uh, BG stuff. Mm. You know, so when when they when uh, Barry was producing Dinah Ross, Dinah Ross, yeah, uh, Barbara Streisand, Diane Warwick, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and you go, you know, that's they, he didn't take disco to them. No, he took no. elements of his singing, and you go, wow, yeah, that's right. Um, and mm. yeah, it's a shame that that. They they did it so well mm, <laughs> for yeah. that era that it sort of screwed them sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. But anyway, Fantastic. I think that's we don't need to investigate that too far. I think everyone is fairly you know over what the Bee Gees have achieved. And, and, I was going to nitpick uh, though in one oh, little oh, okay. thing, right? Yeah. And this is not my nitpick. I would never have dreamed of doing this, but it's kind of a joke. My mum came over here once and she saw the Bee Gees display the wall down they have on mm. on the shorefront there, and oh, very good. The Bee Gees, da da da. Went back home, and the first <laughs> one day I was just sitting at work, and this envelope arrived, and it was an article. Um, Proving that the Bee Gees were actually British because the boys were, were originally born in the sure, UK yeah, yeah, they came over and, from and Britain, flew out when yep. they were you know eight years old or something. But she thought That's it right. was all you know. I just point out that they've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, I yep. just thought it was that, that was I mean, that's, that's right. very much my mum's um, take on it. Um, yeah, you know, but, um, but yeah, I mean, they're, first they're, they're, they're known formed, for being Australian, aren't they? In the way that yeah, Olivia well, Newton John maybe yeah, was yeah, shown yeah. just or, shown or out into the world, ACDC or anything, yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's so many, like we talked about Barnsley, like there's so many mm. great um, artists who have come, who have immigrated yeah. at some point, but you know, they they formed the band here, first signed, recorded everything in Australia before mm. going to, and again, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago or last week or something. Um, they were one of those acts that had to leave Australia because yes. they there was nothing here. If they wanted that career, they had to go to England and, and pursue yeah. that. Um, you know, there. And, and and again, that's like we said last time. That's the that's the great one of the great things about them is that they they had to leave. They had to pack it all up. They had to go away mm. and and um, had and, to return home. Well, that's right. Back to England. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 it, but it's that whole idea of of. Yes, at some point you've got to you've got to run away from where you are, mm. you know, and the comfort and all everything that is here, leave that all behind, 
in order to chase the dream and how hard that is. Oh, and how hard they chased it as well. Yeah, because oh, they, yeah. they, you know, had their highs and their lows before they even broke through. But you can see how they were prepared to reinvent themselves. My God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like mm. to go from that folky stuff into whatever the Saturday Night Fever sound yeah. was. Yeah. Where did that come from? And like the energy they must have had to just go, right, onto this. And that's right. You and know? you, and you, again, you think about, you know, so in America, I imagine they tell the stories of, oh, someone came from Ohio and they moved to LA or that, you know, they moved, oh my God, you know, what a mess. No, 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 no. These mm. guys left, left everything behind, <laughs> you know, because. Left Redcliffe. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, imagine. Ah. And, but, but yeah, what a, what <laughs> a huge step to do. So, uh, so can I jump in now? Definitely. With yep. mine? Mm. So I want to talk about the church because the church are the quintessential band that suffers that that uh, issue of trying to make it big on on the global stage uh, and suffering because of it. So um, uh, so they're they're another hard working band still going because Kev, you saw them. No, I didn't. They oh, you, you, you were going to me. see. You got yeah, coveted out. Yeah. Okay, so here's the band that forms in Sydney in, in 1980. Uh, in '81, they put out their um, uh, their first album of Skins of and Hearts. That's the the song, um, uh, the unguarded moment. Big chart success here in Australia uh, has some reverberations around the world. Suddenly, they get signed everywhere, um, and and it all goes to shit. U.S. Uh, album, uh, sorry, U.S. label doesn't like the second album, so buries it, dumps them. Um, they have some mild success in Europe, right? So that this is like 82, 83, and they have nothing, no success until 88 with Starfish, right? Um, uh, and, and so here is a band being rejected by everybody. So in, in, in 2010, they uh, were inducted into the ARIA Hall of Fame and Steve Kilby got up and, and said, We've been dumped by everybody. We've been sacked by every label in Australia. We've been sacked by almost every label around the world, um, and yet they've endured and still writing great songs. Mm. And it's and it's that case. You go back to the Paul Kelly thing. Well, I was thinking more like the go betweens. You know that kind of yeah. just taste of success, but yeah. never never broke through. Like and he yeah. just came so it close. Just, it just shows it should have been huge yeah. and all that kind. Of thing. Yeah, on some level, the talent still shines through. Like. It, Get you through, but there's so many of those bands that just don't quite make oh, it. Just the, don't yeah. make it, and, yeah. and and so so uh, so what was notable was that at, at this Aria Award, um, Steve Kilby he's taking the piss, but there's a bitterness underneath of going, you know, you guys are giving us this award down the track, but man, you know, we've been around forever. Where were it's you? A, yeah. It's about <laughs> bloody time. Um, so let's just have a listen to. I, I've got I picked two acoustic tracks, of, you know, which was a remake of their stuff they did. Um, so uh, uh, take your pick. Is there, is there the unguarded moment there? Uh, no, or I'm almost with you. Yeah, almost with you or yeah. chromium. We've got Let's here. just do I'm almost with you. It's always too late 
Your face is so cold They struggle for Stop you The sun's rich Blind the men Burnt away so long Before our time Now they're warm just the two chords. Sorry, I nearly, nearly fell asleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 they they um. So where's, know, your, where's genre we talking here? Because like when I listened to them a little bit ahead of not seeing them, I found them to be very psychedelic. Yes. Like was that yeah, yeah. something you would say? Yeah. So so in my head, apart from I think they would rank amongst one of the the largest Australian cult bands. You know, mm. in the fact that they they just kept knocking on the door and. and and in Australia, you would recognise all these little hits along the way, but mm, around the mm, world. Mm. And again, you know, potentially, as you said, like the go-betweens, they probably got some extraordinary following in Stockholm or something like that. <laughs> you know, some rare European country loves them or something, but everywhere else is just a little bit, yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, that shimmering, so exquisite... Best, best failures? Is that what you... Is that the <laughs> yeah. genre? Loser or genre? Well, well, <laughs> well but, but I think... I think that would be something that, there, as Ben suggested, there might be lots of bands mm. tapping on the shoulder and saying, "No, no, that's us." Hey, we're um, bigger losers. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, because yeah. because um, uh, we're aggrieved. You, you would, yes, you yes, would, that's it. <laughs> you would recognise radio hits from the yeah, yeah, all all through the 20, 30 years they've been around. Yeah, and and to go, oh yeah, but you know, you, outside of Australia and maybe a couple of foreign. Little countries, yeah, not much success. So, so the perseverance genre. Oh, I, think I just so. think they want to. I think they're their own genre. I mean, that they don't sound like. As soon as that comes on the radio, they don't sound like any other band no. that I can think of off the top of my head. I'm sure mm. there is, but yeah, that twelve string, that acoustic mm. sound, yeah, yeah, that dreamy, almost a dream pop sort of. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that it's that shimmering guitar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. that's right. I was thinking about a soft rocky sound, but also yeah. like um, you know, like um. I think there is that phrase dream pop, which is more the kind of American version of the shoegazy thing. Yep. Like, yeah. It was more radio friendly. Mm-hmm. And of course um, it's psychedelic because Steve Kilby is famous for saying uh, at some point in his career he took up heroin to see if it would improve his songwriting <laughs> and it did neither improve his songwriting or his health. Don't so. try that at home, kids. <laughs> no, no. Don't take up heroin to improve anything. Um, oh, hey, hey, he thought it might improve his poetry for a while. <laughs> Yeah. All right. There Al, you go. What have you got for us? Uh, well, I've got um, another band that I'm not sure exactly what genre you'd put them in, apart from I don't know, pop, pop rock, pop type rock. Of thing. So, sure. Crowded mm-hmm. House. Mm-hmm. So, great know, New Zealand band. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> let's, let's just say it. <laughs> it's like, are the Bee Gees English or are they Australian? I was thinking, is that the genre? Australian bands that are actually, actually right. from Australian York. bands that are kind of yeah. we, yeah, we, yeah. we we all own them. That's right. Yeah. Well, it's like ACDC. It's like three uh, yeah, right. three yeah. of the five members were from Scotland. Yes, mm. um, in the early days. So, yeah. what but doing? did Crowded House live here? Oh, yes. Yeah. Like, so, so they kind of. But what about split ends? Were they more? NZ? That was certainly New Zealand. Yeah. Well, yeah. even Zealand, though they they did live here for a while. Yeah, they record. lived here for yeah, yeah. yeah. So if they're living here and recording here, and they've got Aussie members, we got it. Well, that's well, the thing. Well, Crowded House, like Neil Finn, you know, Kiwi, but the other two guys were Australian. Yeah. Born if, we, if we're going to take Russell Crowe, we're going to take <laughs> Crowded House. <laughs> well, I think, yeah. Uh, 
you can take them or leave them, you know. <laughs> but but again, uh, uh, because Crowded House obviously come from, you know, Neil coming from, um, uh, you know, Split Ends. Yes. You do have that. There's a little bit of art rock in there, which is yeah, every yeah, now and then yeah. there's some lovely little quirky chord sequences yes. and, and some really, it's almost vaudevillian sort of stuff. Yep. Um, and, Definitely and you on the first album. Oh, yeah, yeah you can yeah. see that lovely. Mm. That's a lovely influence, yeah. Yeah. But as I, uh, as I go along, like it was quite interesting because I listened to all the albums today and it seems very much that uh, the first side of each album is very strong. Um, the second, not so much. Just lose interest after that. Yeah, yeah well, like, but but the first side is almost always uh, jam-packed with singles mm-hmm. that did very well um, in Australia. They can uh, really rate singles, couldn't they? Yeah, oh, yeah, God, yeah. 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 And that was that, you know, they'd done split ends and everything and they'd done the, the fun stuff or whatever and then they just went, yeah. let's, let's really do this, you know? Yeah, yeah. And when you were talking there before about what the genre is, you know, I instantly thought about R.E.M., like they're sort of like a oh, Tibetan yeah. kind of they do that folk rock, you mm-hmm. know, yes. yeah. that mellow thing, you know, yeah, that yeah. Instru- interesting instrumentation sometimes. Yeah, and yeah. yeah always interesting lyrics and you know, yeah, it's just a bit more uh, poppy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, just, I, I think they're just a natural extension of Split Ends. Up, if you look at the stuff that Neil was writing towards the end of Split Ends, the the commercial. That's when they had mm. their commercial mm. hits. Mm. Um, this was an extension of just let's drop. Let's essentially drop the art, like yeah, the, the yeah. obscure, mm. the weird stuff, and let's just yeah. go for radio play yeah, type almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. let's write some just you know get the art solid here. Yeah, uh, but but I mean there were elements that came in, and I guess when uh, Tim Finn joined for their third album, um, you kind of saw the wacky clowns back. The wacky yeah, clown, yeah, 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 can come yeah. back in, and it was an interesting experiment. But I'm glad they didn't continue with that partnership. Mm. Um, within that band, I think mm. you know, doing their own thing was much better. Yeah, uh, but um, uh, one of the great bands. Yeah, one, and, one and, of the great. And, and what, what I love about them is, is unlike some of the bands we discussed before, great international success and great international recognition by musicians, right? Because Neil gets to join Fleetwood Mac for a mm-hmm. for a tour. Yeah, um, Eddie Vedder cites him as one of yeah, his favourite songwriters, right, yeah. and, and at some point. So you, you know, said great international record. <laughs> confused. So yeah, it's lovely. It's lovely seeing such a well-known Australian New Zealander. Um, uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> so proud of our boys. But, but he's a he's a he, well, regardless, he, he's a, a southern hemispherial uh, great songwriter. Right? Well, 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 look, back in the day, uh, New Zealand was just considered part of Australia in, in terms of colonies. Well, it still is. It's still a state, isn't it? Yeah, 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 I don't think that's, that's the right, argument so. you want to go do. <laughs> You but, just, keep, just keep flying out past Bribe Island and you get there sooner or later. But like the seven seven albums that they've done, um, all of them have been number one or number two in the Australian charts. Yeah. Um, usually the top top 50 in various Nordic countries. Mm. Um, Got to hit but, those Nordic countries. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, in some ways it often felt like they were natural successes to uh, the the poppier Paul McCartney songs, in some way there was something about them. Uh, they loved you know doing harmonies as well. Yeah, yeah. So there's that aspect, but I mean they really, in comparison to Paul McCartney, I mean, Crowded House had seven albums. Um, they're all number one or two in Australia. Um, He's pulling out the data. Paul McCartney had twenty six <laughs> albums, but only five of them. Oh, okay. Uh, 
So less than a fifth. So who's the loser? That's right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's you know, right. if you're looking at talent. Mm-hmm. Yes. That starts. Hack, that's hack, hack. <laughs> Paul right. McHackney. Yes. Uh, uh, totally ignore the fact that probably Neil Sites Beatles is one of the big influences. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> All right. So we've got a song. Play? What are we going to play? Don't Dream It's Over? Yes. I'm not sure. I'm not like I think. Like I think Neil writes a good, a good song, but I often find that his lyrics, on the whole, within an entire song, don't make a whole lot of sense. Like in, par- in comparison to Paul Kelly, for example, yeah, yeah, sure. It's yeah. like here's the story, yeah. start to finish. I understand everything that's going on. Every, every line has a meaning. Yeah. Uh, like, how did somebody take the weight off somewhere? How <laughs> <laughs> could you have four seasons in one day? Exactly. That's yeah. not right, is it? Can't do it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. in Melbourne you can. Yeah, so, but, but you're right. He's, but even in that song, you know, mm. the lyrics are a little obscure and so... Yeah. But I think he, that's his style yeah, of... Yeah, absolutely. I'm, it's, I'm, it's murky and yes. you can get what you want from it. Whereas yeah. maybe in a Paul Kelly song, yeah. you go... You can't misinterpret it. No, yeah, it's no. a song about a bloke wishing well, he wasn't your own meaning in prison, yes, and wishing he could be there for Christmas Day. It's very yeah, literal. Right. Whereas, yeah, yeah. whereas, yeah, you know, four seasons in one day. What's the song about? Yeah, I feel right. sort of sad, but mm-hmm. it's yeah. raining. Yeah, just well, very I'm different styles. Styles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That type of thing. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Both, both, you know, very good songwriters, but yeah, quite different in in how they approach. Yeah, I mean, Paul Kelly would love to write the melodies that you know Neil Finn's come up with over the years. Because uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Crowdhouse seemed like they 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 spanned uh, or, or you know their their style goes from uh, in the beginning it was tough for an Australian band to make it overseas mm. to after a couple of albums I think nowadays everyone goes oh yeah it's not such a big deal to make it overseas anymore and you feel like they they span that they might have been one of the last few bands to really do it tough. And to make it big overseas, where everyone went, wow, an Australian band making it big overseas. Nowadays, we're like, oh yeah, you know. That's probably still, still a bit rare. I mean, you had in excess, mm. um, making well, roads by that well, stage, I think in and, and then it worked. Had done this similar things. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think when they started, it was probably more that I think the record companies um, that they were going through didn't have a lot of faith. They yeah. couldn't really see yeah. a market for it, so yeah. mm. it was only when. It started to do well in Australia that they bothered promoting them overseas. So. Yeah. All right. Well, another good choice. So, um, and still no Kylie. Still no, no Kylie. Kylie. Yeah, we'd Damn have, it. We may have to do this again. I know you want to do Kylie. Kev. 
Well, that's it. I don't because, you know, Put Her Down is my least favourite singer of all time, but <laughs> I think she's right in this zone and I'm, oh, I'm sure there's yeah. other ones. So, yeah. who knows? Who knows? Yeah, well, we another day. No another... fancy, no Barnsy. I mean, no fancy, yeah. no Barnsy. I mean, what mm. are we doing, people? <laughs> Sacrilege. No Akadaka. No Akadaka, exactly. All right, but we will leave it there for today. So uh, please get onto our socials and tell us uh, some of the artists, that, other artists we've missed, um, some of your favourite Australian artists that define a genre. Um, Dearest to bits. Get on, Go on. Get on to lordsofloud.com and it. get yourself some great merch for Christmas. <laughs> great T-shirts on there. Um, but most important of all, join us next time on the Lords of Loud. Loud is recorded at Zip Studios and proudly distributed as part of the Zenith Command Network.